1: That's to take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. Alright?
2: Alright, welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast. Prop of Rimstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm C Barbero. Johnny will be joining us momentarily. As will our friend Sosa from Underdog Fantasy, formerly the Lockdown Rams podcast. And yeah, that's my intro. We just wrapped up. It's fun combo. We're going to talk about what we saw this year, what we want the team to do next year. A lot of good stuff. Uh, we are going to throw it to an ad real quick, and then we will get down with Sosa.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. You need indeed.
2: All right. We are here once again with Underdog Fantasies, Sosa Kermejins. Did I get that right?
1: Close enough. It's no uh, biggie.
2: I feel like I used to get it right and then I forgot and I forgot to prep myself. Uh, but Sosa, formerly of the Lockdown Rams podcast and uh big name over on Rams Twitter. How. Be honest, are you happy or sad you didn't host a Rams podcast this year?
1: Uh actually it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. But I will say I took off last year in January, so I also didn't get to do the playoffs. So I did miss the Super Bowl. So uh for every uh every good good thing, there's a bad thing, I guess, as well. The Super Bowl was unfortunate in that run. That would have been super fun to cover, obviously, especially after putting in a whole season's worth of work. Uh, but then at the same time, I got to miss out on this season, which I definitely will not complain about because that was hard to watch and that was not very entertaining, obviously. Yeah, it was
2: uh, it was tough sludding getting through, you know, the November and December of this podcast. Uh, we were just talking briefly before we started recording. Like, thank God they brought in Baker. The post game after the Raiders game Johnny and I did was one of the most fun podcasts I think I've done. Since we started, but other than that, it still wasn't even great with Baker in here.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, that was a fun game to watch for sure. And probably the best game of the season, which is obviously very telling, uh, not a great season for the Rams. But I mean, at some point the Bills going to come due in terms of injuries. Uh, that That's one thing I definitely want to highlight is they've probably been by far the healthiest team since 2017, since Sean McVay took over. And at some point, you know, that it was just going to not be that way. And unfortunately for them, obviously, it came all at once and basically threw the entire season in the gutter. But, you know, I mean, even going into this season, I think people who were very, very realistic knew that they weren't going to be a Super Bowl contender. Uh, The hope was sort of to at least make the playoffs, maybe contend to win the NFC West. But, you know, when you lose so many players, uh, especially at, at one position or at the same position, that's when it just really becomes hard to – uh, replace so you know the Rams kind of had to go through that this season unfortunately but you know that it is what it is that just kind of happens to everyone at some point
2: yeah and it's it's an interesting discussion because I think like I think I'm I'm with you where you know I don't know obviously it was the absolute worst case scenario by any circumstances for the offensive line and most of the team as a whole like Stafford and Cup but even like the half of the season we had those guys it just I didn't feel like if the offensive line stayed healthy for 17 games, like I don't know how good this team would have been. Like, like you said, like, no, we Johnny and I think we're optimistic that once they should be a team in the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs, I mean, all you have to do is win four games and there are pieces in the building that make you think they could have done that. But yeah, like you said, they lost a bunch of pieces and like, I think even considering the benefit of the doubt we give, this team because of how much of a disaster the offensive line was that first half of the season it still felt like something was missing like it felt like if those five guys that started week one started week one through eight I don't know how much better the team would have been it certainly wouldn't have been worse but like I I just it felt like even if for the most part we stayed a normal amount of healthy because obviously there's gonna be some injuries I don't really know if they win over nine games. I mean, 10 probably at the absolute most. But, like, what do you think it was? Like, what is it you think is really just they lost a bunch of guys and they didn't really replace them? And that's something that's been happening for a while, but they've just kind of figured it out. And this year, yeah, like like you said, the bill came due.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. That's I, I've thought about this many times, and I think we're probably right in the exact same frame of mind in the sense that if everything had stayed – you know as healthy as possible and the O line was what they intended for it to be in week one and Stafford plays every game and Cooper Cup's healthy and everything like that I still think you're looking at a team at best that's going to win between eight to ten games right you I think you're looking at something very similar to what the Seattle Seahawks did this season where uh, you may be squeaking as like the seventh seed or something like that at best you definitely don't win the NFC West and you know you probably don't really stand a chance to win a playoff game but I just think they went into this season a little bit hard headed. Uh, I don't I don't know if that was sort of their intention or how they came to the frame of mind that they thought that this roster was going to be good enough. Because we know that they went into this season thinking they wanted to uh, acquire an edge rusher, and there was really no other way for them to do it outside of trade. Uh, to help replace the loss of von miller you're never really going to replace a guy like that and they try to take a big swing at uh, brian burns throughout the season they tried to go get daniel hunter in the offseason and they couldn't get either player now they offered a ton of picks to go get brian burns and they couldn't close the deal maybe a blessing in disguise i'm not really sure uh we'll see kind of how the hindsight shakes out but you know even if you get a brian burns you're still looking at a roster that's just flawed. Like the cornerback rotation was awful outside of Jalen Ramsey this season. Uh, you lose a few safeties. There was nobody really all that reliant back there all season, in my opinion. And offensive line, I mean, they went into this season really. I won't say they they didn't invest in it because that would be correct. They did pay boom at left tackle. They did pay Brian at center to come back. They did draft the right guard and low us, just tore his ACL in training camp. And then obviously he's up for the season. So that's not necessarily right to say, but I don't think that they played their cards right uh, along the offensive line, especially that's, that's for sure the biggest issue. And so, you know, even going into the season for me, at least offensive line was a huge problem and a huge issue and a massive question mark. Now, some of those moves, I think made sense, like bringing Joe Nopoom back, bringing Brian Allen back, but you know, you're still looking at left guard, David Edwards, you're still looking at right guard, whoever, they had sold in for that spot. There was a lot of question marks there. And they didn't really do anything to solve it. So I wonder if they just thought they they would be able to get by with that group, or if they're just too hard headed, similar to how they were in 2019 when you know they go into a season, the offensive line's awful, the running game was terrible, and then mid season they tried the exact same thing uh, that they did with Brian Burns this past year, except they actually pulled it off with Jalen Ramsey, as we know, and you know, that was a lost season as well, but it turns out in hindsight that obviously that move worked out pretty well. So I don't really know, you know, how they came to the place that they thought that they would be okay going into the season. There was definitely a lot of glaring holes. And I, I I think they probably just expected a lot of these top level players, the elite players that are on the roster to sort of uplift the roster as they've done for the, for the latter part of, you know, this, this tenure, the last two or three years, but uh, the injuries came to, and then obviously those guys aren't able to do that. So, you know, it was a flawed roster. I think you just chalk it up to a, just a bad off season, a bad season in general in terms of the injuries, and you know you see kind of how the results shake out. Not very good. Yeah, and it's like
2: it—it it kind of feels like the the McVay Sneed philosophy that they've had since they got here that partially won them a super, is responsible for winning the Super Bowl, but it's like. It never feels like they're focusing on the right things in the off season, and then they'll go and make these blockbuster Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller type trades, like, either late in the off season or right before the season. But, like, I think a perfect example is they need an edge rusher. They aggressively pursued Von Miller uh, to come back. He doesn't come back, and what do they do? Instead of going out and getting a, somebody they need, they spend $45 million on Allen Robinson, which— is another story but it's kind of like it, it feels like they they've put they keep investing in the wrong things in a, in some aspects and you know at some point you're being able to ride your top level talent just to the finish line with plugging holes with with draft picks and undrafted draft free agent like, like at some point it's that luck's gonna run out and you know we I think all three of us are <laughs> very vocal advocates of how much of a disaster taking Tutu Atwell was there for every reason that we've all laid out. But it's just like decisions like that, you know, like it kind of felt like, well, you know, if we had Creed Humphrey, we wouldn't have had to, we would have been a lot better off the line. Like even if we had like Nick Bolton, we wouldn't have had, we might not sign Bobby Wagner or maybe we would have been thinking, but I don't know. It just feels like we, we've we been, and it's one of those things where you kind of like have to walk on eggshells because I don't think any of us would say that Les Need has done a bad job whatsoever building this team, but there are these moves you could point to that, like, at the time didn't make sense and just kind of get over. Like, it didn't really matter last year,
1: but you're feeling the effects now. Yeah. I mean,. I I 100% agree. I, you know, there's always like like that boneheaded move that just it doesn't really add up at the time. And then you sort of talk yourself into it almost. And, you know, you give them the benefit of the doubt because they've obviously earned that. But it hasn't really, sh- you know, shook out like that. You you mentioned Tutu Abel. I was going to bring that up, of course, uh, after you mentioned Allen Robinson. That pick made no sense at the time. I mean, he, nobody valued him in that round. Uh, They didn't need a small receiver like that. That was just absolutely unprecedented across the board. Everyone knew they needed an offensive lineman. And Creed Humphrey was sitting right there. He was obviously a very talented player. And, you know, now you look in hindsight, he's a top two, top three center in football. And the Rams have, you know, this receiver that's not going to ever do anything for them. He's he's basically a high school football player. I mean, the guy's not going to contribute whatsoever. So there's a lot of swings and misses. And I think everyone has them at some point they're inevitable, but the ones that the Rams have are usually really bad. You know, you talk about a second round pick there. That's just awful. You can't miss that bad on a second round pick, especially when there's a layup like Creed Humphrey in front of you there. Uh, you talk about Allen Robinson. I mean, I would understand if Allen Robinson just sucked and maybe he does. I don't really know, but I think that's part of the problem is we don't even know if he sucks or not. Cause they didn't even have a plan to use him this year. So you paid a guy 15 and a half million dollars per year when you had absolutely no business doing that. Right. And, you know, what did you come away with? We have no answers for what he is as a player right now. Like half of the people think he's absolutely washed and that's why he wasn't getting the football. And that could absolutely be correct. And then the other half is, you know, this guy was absolutely useless in terms of not even being in the game plan, not being targeted, having pretty much no designed plays whatsoever outside of, you know, inside the five yard line in the red zone, which of course you'll see his value down there. Uh, and then that falls on the Rams. How can you pay a guy that much money and have no plan for a guy to use him whatsoever? So, you know, there's a lot of issues here, and they need to figure out exactly how to go about it because they can't afford to keep swinging and missing, especially with how few draft picks they usually have. This year a little bit different and how few cap dollars they have to spend in free agency. Uh, obviously, you look back in hindsight now, they could have spent that $15.5 that they spent on Allen Robinson a lot better, probably could have gotten an offensive lineman, an edge rusher, um, you know, maybe we kept Robert Woods. I don't really know. But definitely didn't spend it well last offseason. And you see just a lot of those swings and misses last offseason that that really turned out to be uh, some of the killers this season, I guess.
2: Yeah, and it's like with with Robinson, with Tutu, and even like to a much lesser extent when they signed Deshaun Jackson uh, last year, it, it's like they're they're acting like they need to bring in 19 more wide receivers. Like every move they make, they're like, oh, well, we need to get a receiver in here. And then they just throw the ball to Cooper Cup every play, which in their defense, you know, that's probably the best course of action. But, like, they they drafted 2-2 and they barely played him. Uh, then he got hurt last year. And then same story this year until they had to play him. Um, and to his credit, you know, he looked about as good as he could. But it's still doomed. Like, they signed to John Jackson. They throw him the ball twice. And then he quits the team. And with Allen Robinson, like, I think Johnny and I were at the point right before Gower where it's like, just throw this guy the ball 15 times and just see what happens. Because like, I don't, I, where are you at with him? Cause I think the current evidence points to him being washed. You know, that's probably where I'd wind up. But again, it's like, we don't really have a clear answer. And we, we either have to have him on the team next year for a lot of money or eat a lot of dead cap and get rid of him, which neither is, you know, neither feels ideal right now.
1: Yeah, so that's probably one of the biggest question marks, I think, for me going into this season, And I don't have that answer just because, you know, we're not in practice and they don't throw him a football in-game, so it's hard to know. The 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 great area, the hard thing to diagnose, I think, with this type of game is he's not – and he's never really been, but especially not in the late stages of his career the last two or three years. He's not a separator. He's not a Cooper Cup. He's not, you know, like a lot of the, the, the Devontae Adams, these guys. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't really – uh, have as nifty of a route package, I guess, as you can call it uh, to separate. That's not his game. His game is when contested catches, let me climb the ladder, uh, give me a chance and I'll turn this 50, 50 ball into an 80, 20 ball. That's the kind of player that he is. And um, if the Rams want a player like that, then I think he can fit that mold. But if the Rams want a guy who's going to be a separator, I don't think he's that guy. And for me personally, I like separators more than I like guys who are covered uh, and have to make plays that are covered like the Kenny Galladay's. You see those guys kind of flame out a little bit quickly. And, you know, for me, I think I would probably lean a little bit closer towards him being washed right now. But I do think that he can still be a decent receiver, maybe a wide receiver three. The issue, though, of course, is the salary, which is, you know, a big salary for a guy that probably hasn't earned it to this point. Like you mentioned, they can't cut him they're pretty much i won't say stuck with him that's not necessarily true they can't trade him but there comes a few caveats with that one one why would any team want to trade for him considering his uh, salary cap hit this year and then two if the rams do want to trade him and want to get rid of him and are highly motivated to do so i could see them attaching a pick to Allen Robinson and trading him to a team that will take on, you know, 70, 80% of his salary or whatever the case may be, similar to how the Rams did with Von Miller last year, uh, similar to how they did with, uh, I want to say it was a keep to Tlaib like four or five years ago when they traded him to Miami, they attached a pick just so they would take on the majority of his salary. So I think that could be a case, you know, something that they do to try and free up some cap space and then maybe go make another run in an Odell Beckham who, you know, theoretically speaking, should be healthy going into next year or maybe go get someone else. But... I, I don't know. I think, you know, when you look at it at this point, they have enough cap or they have enough draft picks to be able to do this if they really want to. So I don't think it's out of the question. I just don't know how they feel with him as a player right now.
2: Yeah. And it's like, it, it's tough to, like, you could trade him, but it's tough to really eat any amount of dead cap right now. But that's worked for them in the past. And it's even tougher to, give up a pick un- unless you're dumping him to like a team that's just not going for it at all next year, which is, it's probably really your only course of action. Like give that team a pick because they don't really need to spend their, their money. But yeah, yeah it'll be interesting because theoretically he, we could use him, but they just weren't using him. And you know, when they tried to use him, it was, it was mixed results. But
3: I, so would... that kind of, brings up a, that kind of brings up a point though. uh, You know, because the Rams were essentially not using Allen Robinson to his strengths, and really the majority of the Rams wide receivers that's not named Cooper Cup to their strengths, uh, how much do you feel like that's on, you know, the kind of offensive philosophy of Liam Cohen, or do you think that rests with kind of Sean McVay's overall plan?
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Uh, and it's a hard one to answer, right? Because we don't know to what degree these guys are involved. Uh, I would say, you know, at the end of the day, Sean McVay has the autonomy on the offensive side of the ball and everything will always have to go through him, whether that's play calling or play design or game planning. Uh, so, you know, while he gets a lot of the credit for when things are going good he should also get some of the spoils uh, and some of the negatives for when things aren't going good because at the end of the day that's his job so I think you know it it has to fall on both I'm not exactly sure to what percentage we can sort of break it down but it's just a big concern for me because I don't know how they can find a better way to utilize him because this has always been an offense where they've always peppered Cooper Cup or one specific player and that's always kind of been the case and we've seen it Happen with a handful of receivers over the course of the years where, you know, Brandon cooks suddenly doesn't really get targeted and then he gets traded and Sammy Watkins, same thing. And, you know, Robert Woods last year. He was completely, or two years ago, he was completely un, uninvolved and then they get rid of him as well. To me, it's like, they're trying to find something that they aren't able to find. I'm not exactly sure what they're looking for. And I think probably the closest they've ever gotten to finding this number two receiver or this uh secondary weapon to a cooper cup or to the lead receiver has been odell beckham like that was the only time i can recall that they found a, a, like a second receiver that really really stood out felt good like they had a good pairing both guys were you know performing well interchangeable type of offense and of course we know odell tore, you know Torres acl and all that kind of stuff but going into this next season he's going to be healthy so now i'm kind of curious are they going to be motivated to move on from an Allen Robinson like they were with a Robert Woods or Brandon cooks or like, that's the one thing I got to give it up to the Rams for is they're going to swing big and sometimes it'll hit. Sometimes it won't. And when it hits, they usually have a grand slam and when it doesn't hit, it's usually a big whiff and that's kind of the cost of playing their game. But I will also give them credit for knowing when something isn't how they anticipated it being, they're really quick to write, you know, the check and sort of move on. And I really respect that because I think if you swing and miss, it's better to just move on, get rid of it. However you can move on to the next plan as opposed to let it dwindle for two or three seasons. And then you're kind of eating the loss, you know, for two or three years. So I think we'll we'll find out throughout this off season, if they have a plan for Allen Robinson, if they think this guy's still a quality player, because if he's still on this roster, that to me suggests they will have a better plan, or at least I hope they do for him going into the season. And if he's not, uh, then we know that, you know, they, they knew that they exhausted all their options. There was nothing left, and uh, they, they're in, in seek, I guess, of another receiver. And if there's I one – so,
2: uh, I was going to say, if there's one thing Les need can do, it's make money go away. Uh, that has <laughs> been his best skill, but, yeah, Johnny, go ahead.
3: I was just going to say, I, I hope they have a plan because if they do end up having – if they if they don't end up having a plan – I just hate to hear Sean McVay's, you know, post-game speeches about, you know, we really need to get Allen Robinson more involved. And it's like, no shit. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, those are those are the worst. I don't really know what <laughs> what that's supposed to, like, mean or how. I, those are the worst. It's like, yeah, yeah, we know you got to get him involved. So it kind of falls on you. We're waiting on you. So, you know, and it just never seems to happen. <laughs>
2: It's, it's like it's fucking crazy that we're sitting here and coming to the conclusion that they need a receiver after what they've done for the last three years like it's it's just absolutely bananas Uh um, it really is with how
1: much they've invested at the position it's honestly it's shocking uh you, you know van jefferson tutu atwell and i guess ben skronik alan robinson odell beckham the sammy watkins brandon Cooks, uh, Robert Woods, you know, there's been so many receivers to walk through that door, and the part of me thinks for that reason, I I wouldn't rule it out this season. I, I mean, ideally, maybe Odell Beckham, but um, I I really think it is on the table.
3: Yeah, it's crazy
2: that that came back around. Like it's crazy that that might happen again.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I hope it does. I think that would be a, a interesting trio there. Uh, just again, I I don't know. How they're gonna, and you know if Odell is a fraction of what he was when he came to the Rams, I, I mean that that could be a very lethal offense. Um, you know, giving so many weapons to Matthew Stafford like that.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that personally. I think if they can make make the money work, and if they can still, you know, upgrade what they need to upgrade outside of that, obviously it is a bit luxurious. Um, i mean i would love it i would love it but you know matthew stafford does need to be able to stand up in that pocket and that's kind of the the biggest issue right now for this team
2: yeah and i I wanted to get to stafford because you know before the season there was a lot of talk about his elbow and because of like how disastrous everything was i i don't know if we got a clear answer on if his elbow is gonna affect his play because like it's something it, it, it's pretty clear that the chief effect of his play was the line and then beyond that it was the lack of a running game the suspect play calling the lack of anyone doing anything besides Cooper Cup and then him just not playing great I, his pace for the year if he played at 17 games he would add 3,900 yards 19 touchdowns that's a thousand yards less than last year or 2021 and it's over half as many touchdowns. He threw forty-one touchdowns in twenty twenty-one. So like not even remotely close, pace-wise. Where are you at on Stafford today? We're obviously paying him a ton of money. He's a starting quarterback. um He's a concussion away from serious concern. But you know, as we've seen with Brandon Cooks, that doesn't mean his career is over. He could just be completely fine coming into next year. But I I just, I don't know what to make of his elbow because I feel like we just didn't really, like, I feel like it was just inconclusive in the time we saw with him this year, just because everything else was so on fire.
1: Yeah, it's hard to know exactly how much it affected him, if it affected him, and how much it'll affect him moving forward. Uh, Like you mentioned, we didn't get a lot of time to see, and when we did get to see, obviously he was kind of getting battered and bruised back there, so... It's really hard to know. I, I think you kind of just have to anticipate him getting hurt at some point. I mean, he's that's just been who he is as a player over the course of his career, uh, for better or for worse. And partially, you know, he could chalk that up to the offensive lines that he's sort of played behind. But even in that uh Super Bowl window or that that year that you're talking about, I recall him getting hurt in that season as well. Uh I can't recall exactly what injuries he had now. I think he had his hand injury. Um He might have had another injury or two ribs, I think, as well. So ankle even potentially. So this has been a guy that's always been hurt. Uh, To what degree is that elbow going to bother him? I have absolutely no idea. The Rams are very hush-hush on that kind of stuff. It's very, very hard to know. Um, I will say that's sort of been a blessing in disguise, I think, for this season. Just give him a lot of time to rest up and obviously rehab everything that he needs and kind of clear his head going into the offseason season. You know, he should be as healthy as he's probably ever been or as as healthy as he'll ever be for the rest of his career, I think. So uh, it is hard coming off of that Super Bowl run, right? You're talking about an extra four games considering the Rams not being the first seed in the NFC. So that takes a big toll. And I think that could have been part of the reason why the team was maybe so banged up this season. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe why Sean McVay was more burnt out than than usual. So uh i i really do think in some ways this season was a little bit of a blessing just to give everyone a break and not have to go into the playoffs and um you know you've seen certain players like aaron donald even just get the last six games off or whatever it was so that was ideal for me in terms of stafford i mean you have no choice but to just hope for the best at this point uh you and i think that's just part of the reason that i'm frustrated with the team is you know what kind of player he is he's not a mobile guy he's not lamar jackson he's not any of these new age quarterbacks. He needs an offensive line, and that's what makes me so confused as to why the Rams thought this offensive line that was very subpar across the board was going to be good enough. You know, you have to cater to your talent, and yes, if you have a Jalen Hurts or a Lamar Jackson or one of these guys, you could probably afford to have a little bit less stable pass protection because you know that your quarterback can buy some time and he can get out of the pocket and things like that, but that's not who Matthew Stafford is. That would be like you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not caring about their offensive line. And that was part of the reason they were terrible this year too, is Tom Brady just can't move. So that was just one thing that I was very concerned with going into the season. And I think the Rams, I hope, you know, kind of open their eyes and and know that Stafford's not getting any more mobile. He's not getting any younger and he's going to need as much help as he possibly can get on that offensive line going into next year. That's the only way you can pray to God that he's able to stay healthy through 17 games and whatever might come afterwards. So uh right now they're they're kind of stuck with them. Uh you just got to do the best you can to build around them, I think.
2: And so like yeah, there's if you ask Clark Jackson, the line is fine. You just make a couple moves. But you, <laughs> right. <do> you, <laughs> this is so crazy. Do you think like they've been pretty reluctant to seriously invest in the offensive line since they signed Andrew Whitworth? Obviously they made some picks like you mentioned Logan bruss like they did take Brian Allen, they did take Joe Noteboom, Bobby Evans, to very varying degrees of success. Do you think this is the year that they finally make a move in free agency to, you know, I don't think they're going to have a cap space to bring in, like, the biggest name that's on the market, but it, it kind of feels like this is the year where, like, they they have to get another vet in there. Like, I know they have Rob Havenstein, but it's even kind of become clear with him, like, if the rest of the line isn't churning out, Good play you know he might he he might fall apart too um what what do you what do you think they go there? do you think they will actually finally invest in it in free agency or is it something they go with in early in the draft or uh the more realistic approach might be they just continue to believe that they have the answers in house and yeah. I hope that's not the answer. you know
1: i i I think it might be the answer unfortunately um. I, I like you said, I hope it's not the answer too I, I really, really hope that they make at least one splash play. And when I say splash, you know, I'm not talking about some superstar, but uh, like you mentioned a veteran that you could put on the offensive line, whether that be at center, either guard spot or left tackle, I think you're going into this season, at least for me personally. I think only one offensive line spot right now is is solidified and sort of solved. And I think you can probably start to cross off a few others when you think about it a little deeper. You know, right guard, I think... Logan Brust, you probably want to give him a shot and that, that's sort of the plan. So you can see the right side of the O line is kind of settled in. And then you start to talk about the other remaining position centers, Brian Allen going to be the guy. I don't know. They could cut him and save a few dollars um, or they could go into the season with him as, you know, as the starting center again, and, and hope that he can stay healthy. But Left guard David Edwards, he's a free agent, I believe, and he had concussion, so he missed the majority of the season. He actually two, I believe, it was, and then left tackle. I think the the one spot that I sort of always come back to this, the biggest question for me that I would love most to try and fix up is left tackle. It, it really is because, um, Joe boom has been, you know, he's flashed a little bit here and there, and I. They they can't really cut him. Uh, That's just, just the reality. There'd be $13 million in dead money, $2.5 million in savings. That's obviously not good news for the Rams. Um, And they would probably, I think, are going to be happy to give him another shot. But me personally, I would try to find a way to offload his contract. I would try to find a way to free up a few dollars and restructure some other deals and things like that. And I would go into the market and really hope that I could get a left tackle. You know, I think Taylor Lawan is a free agent this season. He's coming off a serious injury. So that is something to note. Uh, you talk about a team like Dallas that could be happily uh, you know, ready to move off of a guy like Tyrant Smith. It seemed like there was a lot of smoke sort of around that. Uh, I just think that if you can get yourself a good left tackle or at least a, a veteran guy that you can just rely on, you can start to slide pass protection in different ways where you sort of want it to go. And they obviously had that luxury with Andrew Whitworth, and that's when the offensive line was at its best because then you can help the guys that are not as good by sliding protection away. Whereas this year, you couldn't really do that because Joe Nopin was just not good enough to play on an island, I don't think. So um, that would, I think, be the biggest trickle-down effect if you can get a left tackle. But at this point, to be quite honest with you, I would settle for any offensive lineman across the board if it's a guard or a center. Even, you know, I I wouldn't hesitate to add one veteran and then probably another draft pick one of those first two or three draft picks as well so um i I just think for the rams they need to they need to find competition across that o-line they need to find new starters um and they need guys that are at least depth players that can push starters so uh, my my long answer is i i would not be the least bit shocked if they think they've got it all figured out and they might add like a nobody and go into the season kind of hard-headed again but i really really hope that they don't
3: I'd be stoked if we got Taylor Lowe on. <laughs>
1: yeah, it yeah, would be great ad, I think. That'd be amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it, like, yeah, No Boom's got a big contract. You know, it's another thing like Robinson. That was one of their investments last year, and I, I get why they yeah. did it, but obviously didn't really work out. Um,
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?
2: defensively because we we talked a lot about the holes on offense still a lot of holes on defense um yeah. and we we mentioned recently like it's crazy that after the last couple of years outside linebacker isn't one of the holes like because that that's been a hole for so long and that's basically the only position on this defense that's fully settled i i want to start in the the secondary because i think you know e- edge is pretty obvious they need to bring someone into the draft or through free agency Secondary is a little yeah. more iffy because Nick Scott's a free agent. Taylor Rapp's a free agent. Troy Hill's a free agent. Nobody's crying if those guys leave, but something we've seen over the last few years is players leave and just don't get replaced. I, I, in the sec- and, and then at cornerback, um, you know, I mentioned Troy Hill, but it's really just Jalen Ramsey and a bunch of parts that we don't really know how they work yet. What do you do you think that like it it doesn't feel like this is something they would address in free agency? This is something they'll probably go into the draft and go for. But do you think that would be the correct move? Like because it it also feels like here, you know, the only real constants you're going to enter the next season with is Jalen Ramsey and Jordan Fuller, and even Jordan Fuller's got some question marks. So, what's your take on the secondary currently?
1: Yeah, this is one of those spots that I'm very intrigued to see how the team's going to play because, uh, like you mentioned, uh, there's going to be a lot of moving parts. I I wouldn't be shocked to see a lot of new faces in these rooms. Um, the Rams never really been a team to pay uh, safety so we can start there. I think Taylor Rapp is probably as good as gone at this point. Uh, I think Nick Scott, they would like to bring back on a team friendly deal. And I don't think that there's probably going to be t- uh, going to be a team out there that's going to splash a lot of money towards his way. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if Nick Scott finds his way back. I think it's probably towards 50 50. Um, really just depends, I guess, on the price and whether he wants to test out the market. Like you mentioned, Jordan Fuller, he missed the majority of this last season, but he's been a pretty decent player for the team. So I think you got to feel pretty decent about him going into this uh next season. And then the other spot, I think, you know, I feel all right with some of the younger guys. They've they've done a good job at replacing safeties, I think. Um and uh, you know from the lamarcus joiners to the john johnsons and, and everyone in between i think you know R- rusty test, east testing, is a guy test, that i thought testing, flashed testing. a little bit i would be interested to see sort of how he could play in a larger role um i forget the other kid's name now Quentin uh lake is it i don't even remember but uh they invested in two guys in the late rounds last year similar to how they did with nick scott and and whoever else so you know, they've done a pretty good job, I think, of replacing safeties. I wouldn't spend money there. I don't think they're they're really going to look to do that either. That would probably make sense in my opinion and just uh, hope to God that you can find somebody on the roster and maybe another day three pick at that spot. Uh, the, the more interesting one to me is cornerback because this is obviously one of the premier positions in the sport today. And I just think there's question marks all over the place right now. right? You're talking about Troy Hill. He's a free agent. Uh, David Long, a free agent as well. Probably going to be gone. I think Troy Hill... Could find his way back. I I would like to see that as well. I think he's a versatile player. You could do a lot worse than Troy Hill. And then outside of that, it's, you know, Jalen Ramsey, the one constant, a superstar. In my opinion, I think he's he might be on the table this offseason for trade. So I don't even know that he'll necessarily be back. That's something that I'm looking at. You talk about uh, some of the younger guys that rotated this past season. Uh, Jacoby Durant, he's flashed a little bit. I think the Rams are going to have to give him a shot just based off of the lack of resources they're going to have at that position. And I think he's a decent neutral fit for that slot position. So I'm intrigued to see whether he can continue to grow. Darion Kendrick got a lot of snaps. I think he was a sixth rounder out of Georgia and uh, no offense to him, but he was just, he was pretty awful. So (laughs) I don't think you'd feel all too good about him starting at cornerback, but he did get a, you know, a good amount of snaps and uh, he is instinctive to some degree. So there are some positives there too. So, you know, I would love to see them add a young cornerback or two, even, you know, you talk about, how they want to go about the offensive line. I would like to see something similar where you can add a veteran, I think in free agency, and then you can add uh, even a draft pick, maybe in that second or third round, wherever it may be. I would really like to see that, you know, you can add a veteran, uh, someone that can start for you today. And that would probably only be the case. I think if Troy Hill walks, otherwise Troy Hill, I think would fit that role. And then you go into next season with the Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, Decovy Durant starting trio um and if not i think you can go into the market and look at some other guys that haven't really been paid a lot of money but are pretty decent players you know bryce callahan who got signed by the chargers last off season one of the best nickel corners in football for the last x amount of years and he got paid one and a quarter million dollars this year so not a lot of money obviously you can afford that um some of the boundary guys yes they are going to pay a lot more that's probably a lot harder for the Rams to swing in their current position but uh it's it's one of those positions that. I really don't know how they're going to go about it because cornerback has always been a position that I feel like, at least for me, it's been very, very hard to peg what the Rams want to do. So um, I, I'm, I've got all my eyes uh, looking at this spot. I'm very, very intrigued to see what's going to happen. And then, you know, like I mentioned, I, I don't even know that GMT safe at this point. You know, that that's kind of where the Rams are at in terms of their cap space situation. So uh, it feels like everything's really on the table.
2: Yeah, like if you get a a big offer for Ramsey you have to consider it because I mean even on on his best days last year he he's down a little bit he's definitely down a little i if he's on the team next year I'll be thrilled but yeah if if you move on from him you have to bring in somebody even if you don't like like the the Jalen Ramsey Troy Hill Kobe Durant Triel like it it, it, it's passable if everything else is churning but if you're going to go with that you have to get an edge rusher um, because yeah. that that trio is not going to contribute as much as you want them to if you're not getting pressure, uh, and you probably need to get a safety in the early ish rounds of the draft, um, and, and yeah, it would. All logic points to them spending their money and you know high draft capital on either offensive line oh. or edge rusher or, or cornerback, but we are talking about this team. And historically, they do weird shit, so we should move on to running back before we wrap up because nope. I, I've i been pretty convinced if no running backs go in the top 20, they will be looking to move up and trade up for a running back, uh, probably Bijan John Robinson, because they're psychopaths. But then, you know, the last month of the year, Cam Akers look like kind of look like the guy they drafted him to be. So I'm wondering with you, because people vary on how they feel about Cam Akers today. Do you think he can be, you know, obviously he's not Saquon Barkley, but like, do you think he can be a good, you know, above average, reliable, starting running back for this team long-term? Or do you think that was more um, flash in the pan, bad defenses? You know, anyone could have done that.
1: Yeah, this is a tough a tough one to answer. I, I think he can be uh, an above-average running back, like you just mentioned. I, I think he can be. Uh, the one reason I'm going to go ahead and agree with you, and I would not be the least bit surprised if they went running back a lot earlier than a lot of people think, is because Cam Akers, as far as I know, is a free agent not this season, but next season. And I don't see any path to where the Rams would feel comfortable paying a guy like that. At least I wouldn't. Um, and you might want to try and replace that a year early. As we know, the Rams have always been a team that likes to have not only just good running backs in general, but usually one guy like the guy, they like that workhorse style, uh, demeanor in that backfield. And so I don't know that they'll trade up for a Bijan Robinson. I guess it depends on how, how, you know, much he slides or whatever on draft day. If it's a little bit closer to the late twenties, maybe that's something they're interested in. But, uh, you mentioned it running back. I wouldn't be shocked at all if at 36, they go running back. I could see a guy like Jameer Gibbs being someone that they're interested in a sort of Alvin Kamara like clone. And I think that would even honestly, to be quite, to be quite frank, I think that would even make sense. Like it would really bother me. Obviously there's a lot of issues still on the roster and it's sort of luxurious at this point, but I do think there is something to having a good running back uh, that you can lean on and that can come out of the backfield and catch passes and be sort of a short outlet style receiver uh obviously it's not the best spend of resources with where the roster is currently at so I'm not necessarily saying that would be my top choice but I do think a lot of things are on the play, or on the table and in play for the Rams this this uh draft class and uh this offseason and I, I genuinely do think running back is one of them
2: yeah I I feel like that that's where history points me to is I'm yeah. running back in that pick and I think it's we have to it's it's hard to say whether or not that would be a bad move until we see you know which running backs are there and mm-hmm. what they do in the months prior with this roster because like if they don't address any of those positions and then a bunch of good running backs go before their pick and then they kind of reach like they did with tutu well not they didn't kind of reach on him but uh you know what i mean then it's like what the fuck are we doing but yeah like if Teams don't draft running backs high that much anymore. You know, Brees Hall was the top running back pick last year, and he was the second round pick. I think there's definitely going to be a first round running back this year at least. But if you no, know, if it's just Bijan and you've got your pick of the litter at the second round, it might be the move because we've seen what this offense looks like with Todd Gurley, and I think they want to chase that again. And me. me- <laughs> I don't know, McVay's not coming back to pick a safety at 36. You know, like if there's not a knockout edge rusher or cornerback at that pick, they're going offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised by anything at this point. Like I said, you know, if you can't get a a needle mover, and I'm talking, you know, offensive line, cornerback, edge rusher, or I guess even maybe a receiver if you can't fill it in any other form or fashion. To me, I, like, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they go with a running back. Where else are you going to go, right? So um, obviously there should be enough value to not go running back at that spot. But like you mentioned, history suggests that they're going to want that guy. Maybe it's a second-round guy. Maybe it's a third-round guy. Maybe it's a fourth-round guy. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but but I do think at some point they're 100% going to invest in a running back. Uh, it just remains to be seen, I think, more of a question of when and and not necessarily if.
2: Yeah, and I think even at that pick, um, kind of wrap it up with the draft pick talk, and then Johnny, if you get anything else. But a this would be the <laughs> this would be the highest draft pick they've ever made with Sean McVay if they actually make the pick, uh, which leads me to believe they probably won't make the pick. But I I hope they do, and I think they kind of have a luxury here where, unless the best player available is a quarter a quarterback or an inside linebacker. They could probably go best player available, um, but then there's a problem, like i don't I don't know if I trust their draft board after the last couple of years to not go for a need position. so we'll see what happens. see, so, yeah, happens, Johnny, do you have any anything you wanted to hit?
3: Uh, just out of curiosity. Uh, what is your in your opinion, your most pressing need going into the twenty twenty three season? Uh, in, in your opinion, do should the Rams go offensive lineman? Should they go edge rusher? Uh, I mean, I think kind of the obvious pick would be edge rusher, but at the same time, it's like there was so much wrong with this team and still is. Uh,
1: what would you tackle first? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think most people would probably say edge rusher. I would go offensive line, and we we need to figure out what the Rams feel comfortable with going into next season, what's solidified on the O-line and what isn't. And um, if, if you know, for example, they are dead set on giving Joe Noboom another chance at left tackle, okay, then we can pivot to, you know, left guards or centers or what the case may be. But to me, I, I just come back to one thing. And you you could put, you know... You could put Nick Bosa, maybe the best ad rusher in football today. Michael Parsons, doesn't matter. You could put either of those guys on this defense, whether it be last year or in this upcoming season. And, you know, they'd be, they'd be fun. They'd be great. That would be so fun to watch next to Aaron Donald. And they definitely wreak some havoc. But does any of that really matter at the end of the day if your offensive line can't hold up in the pocket and Matthew Stafford has any time back there? It just doesn't. It really doesn't at the end of the day. And I know that the Rams probably aren't going to look at it like that because you know, history suggests like, you know, that they're going to go with the high value stuff and they obviously value edge rusher a lot. But to me that it's really that simple. Like if you can't score points in today's game, you're not going to stand a chance. And if you can't win in the trenches and, and run the football, again, you're not going to stand a chance. We saw how much better the Rams offense was towards the latter part of this last season. Those last, I want to say three games where Cam makers goes, you know, a buck 40 every game. All of a sudden the Rams are competitive. Even how, with how terrible the rest of the roster was, you know, they look a lot better just because the offensive line is playing, playing a lot better. They could run the football. So, you know, it's really that simple for me. Like fix the old line and everything else I think afterwards can be taken care of and whatever you hit, you hit and whatever you don't. You know, it just is what it is. You can't fill every hole every offseason. That's just not realistic. But to me, I don't know how you could feel good about going into this season. You can get the best edge rusher, you could get, you know, another stud corner. And if you went into this season with the same O line as last season, I, I don't know how you could possibly be optimistic about the returns.
2: Yeah, I, I yeah, I pray they agree. Uh. uh well, so, so I know you don't get a hot mic in your face that often talk about the Rams. I have one more question, but is there any topics you, you needed to, to get your shit off on? Or we hit everything. Uh,
1: I think for the most part, we've hit everything. I mean, um it would be fascinating to kind of come back in, in, in a few months and see what what the roster looks like in terms of have they cut anyone, have they traded anyone? Uh, what what the rest of the market sort of looks like because you know we will obviously get a lot of transactional stuff coming up here over the next few weeks where veterans are getting cut and restructures and all that stuff. So that's one thing I will say. The Rams have a lot of leeway when it comes to restructures. Uh, this this going into the offseason, they could, they want, they really want to push their chips into the middle of the table and give themselves a chance here to get uh you know another shot at this thing you're talking about a team that won't have a lack of resources if they want it. Uh, You know, they, they got, I think it is nine draft picks as, as of right now. Yeah. Nine draft picks. Once, once those comp picks come in for the record, uh, they'll have a pick in every single round outside of the first round. And it seems likely as of recording that Raheem Morris is one of the favorites to go to Indianapolis as the head coach. And if the Rams lose him there, they'll get a third round pick this year and a third round pick next year. So you're talking about a team that could have 10 draft picks with only first round, first round or lacking. And then the ability to create upwards of, you know, 60 million in cap space, which they obviously wouldn't do fully, but you are talking about a team that could maybe create 40 or 35 or, or 50 if they see fit. So, you know, we're talking about a team here that if they really legitimately think they got a shot this year and they probably should, because I think next year, you know, you're talking about a team that, uh, let's be frank. Sean McVay probably be gone. Matthew Stafford might be gone. Aaron Donald probably be gone. I think you take your chance this season. I, I think you kind of push everything into into the middle of the table and uh, hope that you can make enough moves this offseason to give yourself a legitimate chance at another title.
2: Yeah, I think at best the core is here for two more years. I don't, yeah. I'd be surprised if it's anything more than that. Uh, and yeah. we will definitely get you back on after the draft because we just talk ourselves in circles in June and July. So, that'd be great. Uh, I'll leave you with one quick question. You no, know, we've kind of laid out what we think the team can do to get back into it. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, how confident are you today that come next season the Rams will be not 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 a title favorite or just in the mix, like in the mix to have a shot at the Super Bowl?
1: Uh, okay, well, uh, let me give you one question. Did you consider the New York Giants or the Seattle Seahawks in the mix this uh, this season?
2: The Seahawks definitely not. Um, I, the Giants, no, but they did win a playoff game, so I guess may like ish. Like I would say, okay. they're the bar above okay. above the Giants.
1: I think they could do what the Giants did for sure. I, I feel confident that they'll come away with a with a at at the bottom you know at at their again barring any crazy health stuff of course anything can be derailed quite quickly but i'll say their floor i think could be a a giants like season and their ceiling maybe again this is very early uh maybe a 10 or 11 win season so uh, a championship title contender maybe not but i do i think they can at least compete for the nfc west i think so Definitely not going to be the favorite. Uh, and again, wouldn't shock me if they came in third either. But I do think we'll at least have something to watch come week 16, 17, 18. You could be talking about, you know, a team that's at least going to be in the race for a playoff spot. So um, it'll really just depend what they do this offseason, man. They got to, they're got they going to have ample opportunities. That's one thing that I think we can feel comfortable with is just knowing, you know, if they feel comfortable making some swings, they're going to have the chances to do it. Uh, the hope is that they just hit a few more times than they did last offseason
2: yeah and if if you figure it out around the margins you know yeah i I don't think they're gonna be a regular season warriors, but you get to this team if they figure out where their struggles are and they win ten or eleven games, you know it's once they're in the this team's best day is you know pretty close to most teams' best day or the best team's best days, but they have to figure out how to get there because they did not get there once last season right. <laughs> But, yeah, well, uh, thank you so much for your time, so You're always generous with your time. Tell the people where they could follow you, and we'll try and get you back on later in the offseason.
1: Of course, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It's always fun to get to hop on and, t- uh, you know, chop it up about the Rams. Don't get to do it often, like you said, these days. So uh, it's always fun. You guys uh, can find me on Twitter, at QB's MVP. Um, you can find the rest of the stuff out on Underdog uh, Underdog Fantasy, if that's on YouTube or uh written stuff as well at underdog fantasy or underdog network.com um and that's it yeah we'll, we'll we'll have a busy off season and uh, it'll be good to kind of get to change it up here a little bit it was a long season so
2: yeah it, it's gonna be interesting for sure all right well thank you for coming on man it was a blast
3: tell sean peyton keep talking mm-hmm. we're gonna see him soon you feel me mm-hmm.